There's an important verse in John chapter 10 and verse 27. Listen to the words of Jesus as they're recorded for us here. And Jesus says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, to understand this verse, we need to look at it in its cultural context. Jesus speaks here about the practice of shepherds to bring their sheep to a central fold shared by a number of sheep owners. And these shepherds who had been caring for their sheep all day would hire an individual to watch their sheep at night. And so they would bring their sheep to the central fold where they would intermingle with sheep belonging to other shepherds. And the watchman would care for these sheep overnight until the morning when the shepherds would return to take out their sheep and go to their pastures. And when the shepherds returned in the morning, of course, the challenge was to separate their sheep from the sheep of other shepherds. But this was done quite simply. The shepherd would call out to his sheep, And when the sheep heard that familiar voice, they they came to the shepherd. They were able to distinguish his voice from all other shepherds. Now consider this for a moment. These sheep heard many voices, different voices, but only responded to the one that was familiar to them, to the one that cared for them. Now, that's a very humbling thought, Jesus is telling us that if these sheep recognize the voice of their human shepherd, how much more should we be able to recognize or distinguish his voice over all their voices that call out to us today? If an animal can distinguish the voice of his shepherd, should not we as believers be able to recognize and hear the voice of the Spirit of Christ in our heart. If God has placed his Holy Spirit in us and Jesus tells us that his sheep hear his voice, the question we need to ask ourselves is this, what does that voice sound like? How do we distinguish the voice of God from our own deceptive reasoning and the philosophy of this world? Well, let me begin with what the Apostle Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 16 and 17. Here he says this, All Scripture is breathed by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul tells us that the scripture is God-breathed. In other words, it comes from the very mouth of God. Now, not all communication is audible. In our day, the internet is alive with messages through email and social media. And before this, we would pick up pen and paper and write a letter. And Paul tells Timothy that these God-inspired written scriptures were profitable for teaching us what is right, for reproving us when we are rebellious, for correcting us when we're going the wrong way, for training us in righteousness, and for equipping us for every good work that God has called us to do. God speaks through his written word. 
And, and this word will protect us from error and sinful behavior. It will guide us as we seek to live for God in this sinful world. It will be a light to our feet, guiding us in the path that God has set out for us to walk. Now, this brings up another question. If God has given us his written word, why do we need the Holy Spirit? Well, the answer is quite simple. The truth by itself is of no value if we cannot apply it and live in it in real life. Consider, for example, what took place in the Old Testament. God gave his law, the truth of his law, to, to his people through Moses in written format. But though they had the written laws of God, what was the response of the people of Israel to those laws? Israel seemed incapable of obeying them. And from the very beginning, God sent one prophet after another to warn them of their disobedience to, to his law. David knew the teaching of the law about adultery, but he was tempted and fell. He understood that the law forbade murder, but he murdered Bathsheba's husband to cover up his adultery with her. Israel knew that they were not to worship other, other gods besides the one true God who created them, but still they bowed the knee to Baal and the gods of the nations around them. It seemed that God's people were powerless and unable to keep the commands of God. The natural inclinations of the flesh overpowered them. In order to obey the written word of God, we need the power of God to overcome the flesh. And this is why the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, to enable us to live in the truth of the word of God, to help us to apply the truth to our lives, and to empower us to live out that truth wherever God calls us. The truth in itself cannot change the human heart. Now, maybe you grew up in a church that, that preached the gospel. You heard the truth from your infancy up, and you can recite the truth from memory. But you have never come to know Jesus Christ, nor do, does that truth live within you. The truth needs to be empowered and applied by the Spirit of God. The truth, the heart, needs to be softened to the truth by the Spirit of God for it to take root. And it is the Spirit of God who illuminates this truth and gives us understanding. It is that same Spirit who will open up the passages of Scripture to us as we, as we wait upon Him. Anybody can read the pages of Scripture, but if you will take a moment and let the Spirit of God take that truth and apply it, you will be surprised at what you hear. He will apply that truth to your life in ways that you have never imagined before. He will point out things in your life that will correct you. He will convict you as, and lead you if you take the time to listen as you read the written truth of God's Word found in the Scriptures. Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher John chapter 14, 26 says this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Helper will teach you all things. 
Don't be so focused on rushing through the Bible just to be able to say at the end of the day that you've read your Bible. As you read, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you something from what you're reading. Better to read a single verse and be instructed by the Holy Spirit in that truth of of that verse and its application to your life than to read a whole chapter and, and never hear from God. If you want to learn how to hear the voice of God, begin by listening to His Holy Spirit as you read the pages of the Word that He has inspired. And so we see that the Holy Spirit illuminates the Word of God and teaches us as we take the time to reflect and listen to his instruction through the written word of God. But there's something else we need to understand about the work of the Holy Spirit. Not only does he illuminate the written word of God to our lives and apply it to our lives, but he also leads his people into the very specific purpose of God for their lives. Consider what takes place in the life of the Apostle Paul on his missionary journey. In Acts chapter 16, we read how Paul and his companions are are traveling, and and we read in 16 and verse 6 that they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And so understanding that they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, they continue their journey to the region of Bithynia. And in Acts 16 and verse 7, we read that as they arrive in the region of Bithynia, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there either. The Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. And so uncertain of what the the Spirit of God was saying to them, they arrive in Troas. And here in Troas, listen to what the Acts 16 and verses 8 and 9 tells us happened to the Apostle Paul. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And so there in Troas, the Apostle Paul has a vision of a man from Macedonia calling him to go there to help them. Now notice the conclusion that Paul comes to as a result of that vision in Acts 16 and verse 10. And when Paul had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Paul concluded that the vision was from the Lord and determined that the Spirit of Jesus Christ was leading them there into Macedonia. God, particularly through the work of His Spirit, leading Paul to the very places he needed to go to preach the gospel. This is not an isolated case, but there are many other cases similar to this in Scripture. Repeatedly in the Bible, the Lord leads his people into specific paths. In Acts 16, we read about a prayer meeting that took place in Antioch. In Acts 13 and verse 2 to 3, we read this, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, 
Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. God speaks to these believers about sending Paul and Barnabas, two particular men, on a missionary journey. And the believers in that prayer meeting in Antioch heard the word of the Spirit and obeyed. While Philip was ministering in Samaria, the Holy Spirit tells him to go into the desert to meet an Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8 and verse 26 to 40. Peter was told by the Holy Spirit to go to the home of a Gentile by the name of Cornelius, contrary to Jewish tradition, Acts chapter 10, verses 9 to 33. Abraham in the Old Testament was told by God to leave his homeland and go to the land that God would show him, Acts Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Before facing their enemies, the kings of the Old Testament would seek the will of the Lord as to whether he wanted them to go and into battle against these enemies or not. Second Samuel 2 and verse 1, Second Samuel 15 and verse 19, 2 Chronicles 14 and, and verse 10. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 6, we, we see how the Holy Spirit reveals to Peter that Ananias was lying to the church when he brought his gift. God has a purpose for us. And not only does he open up the word of Scripture through his Holy Spirit, but he also directs us in how to apply that truth. Scripture tells us that we're to be witnesses. But that's a huge task that, that will quickly overwhelm us and burn us out. But the Spirit of God, however, will lead us into how God wants us to be that witness and where he wants us to be that witness. He will bring people to you or burden your heart to go to a specific person. He will show you how to be the witness that God has called you to do. And there's something incredibly comforting in the fact that God will lead me and show me how to apply the truth of the Word of God in my own life and how to preach it and teach it and share it with others. Now, time doesn't permit me to go into great detail here about how we can discern the leading of God's Spirit, but let me give you some quick guidelines. And the first thing I want to say in this regard is that the Spirit and the Word will always agree. Now, as a missionary, I had a clear sense that the Lord was leading me to, to leave my homeland and minister to believers in another culture. Now, many people didn't understand that and told me that there were plenty of people here in my country that needed the gospel, and they didn't see the need why I should travel to the other side of the world to preach the gospel. Now, I admit that it didn't seem logical from a human point of view, but I could not shake the sense of God's purpose, specific purpose for my life at that time. And as I examined the teaching of Scripture, I saw men and women of God who were facing that same issue, who were going through what I was going through. They, too, were feeling compelled by the Spirit. I saw how the Spirit of Christ led Paul and his traveling companions on their missionary journeys. I, I saw how God spoke by His Spirit to Philip in, to lead him from Samaria into the desert. I, I saw the church struggling with Paul going to Jerusalem where, where they believed he was going to be killed, but Paul felt so compelled that he went anyway. And I realized that I was not alone in the sense of God's call, specific call for my life, and that Scripture bears witness to how God led His apostles in similar ways. 
We confirm the leading of the Spirit by the Word of the Spirit, as contained in the Scriptures. The Spirit who wrote the Word will not lead us to disobey that Word. The Word and the Spirit are one. And he will lead us in how God wants us to apply that scripture to our lives. And he will show us where God wants us to teach and minister the truth of that scripture. So God will always lead us by his spirit in agreement with the truth of the scriptures he has given. But second, years ago, I would work in coffee shops, permit, uh, writing. And years ago, when cigarette smoking was permitted in public buildings, I, I would go into those shops and, and come home with my clothes smelling of, of cigarette smoke. Now, in the spiritual world, there is also an aroma. Listen to the words of Paul in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5.22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. There is the fruit of the Spirit, and that fruit of the Spirit has the aroma of love, joy, peace, patience, etc., but in the very same passage, Paul goes on to tell us that there is such a thing also as the fruit of the flesh. And the fruit of the flesh, according to Paul in, in, in Galatians 5, verse 19 to 21, is this. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that these those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, a number of years ago, I was walking and praying and seeking the Lord and asking the Lord how I could distinguish his leading from my own desires and reasoning. And he pointed me to these verse, verses and he told me, he said, smell the aroma. Where the Spirit of God is present, we smell the aroma of the Spirit, the fruit of of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the Spirit of God will lead us into what is in tune with His character and the purpose of Christ for us. But if you smell the aroma of immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, rivalry, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, then that is not from the Spirit, for He will never act contrary to His Word and His character. So if you want to discern the leading of the Spirit of God. Smell the aroma. Does it smell like the fruit of the Spirit? Or does it smell like the fruit of the flesh? And thirdly, God's Spirit will always lead us in tune with the greater purpose of the Father. The enemy will bring confusion and division, but God's Spirit will bring unity and harmony. Jesus told those who, who told him that his works were from the devil in, in Mark chapter 3, verse 24 and 25, Jesus responded to that accusation and said this, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. 
Now, maybe you have seen individuals who have stepped out in what they perceive to be the leading of God's Spirit, but they only divided the body of Christ. These individuals stir up anger and division and dissension and rivalry. That's the aroma, not the aroma of the flesh, but the aroma of the, of, uh, that's the aroma of the flesh and not the aroma of the spirit. Nor is it in harmony with, with God's greater purpose for the kingdom of God. So if you want to understand whether the Spirit of God is leading you, see the greater purpose of God. Look at it from the the, the plan of God and and His purpose for the unity and harmony and, and the growth of His kingdom. Anything that is not in harmony with God's greater purpose is not from the Spirit of God. And finally, confirm with other spiritual, sincere believers what you are sensing in your heart. We, we don't work alone in the kingdom. God has given us brothers and sisters to stand with us and to help us discern what God is doing and his purpose for our lives. First Corinthians chapter 14, Paul gives some clear guidelines for prophecy in the church. And this is what he says in First Corinthians 14, 30 and 33. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first person be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Notice what Paul is saying here. If God has put something on your heart and you feel you need to share it with the church, share that burden, but do so in a way that allows others to interact with what you are saying. Give them the privilege of discerning with you whether this is from the Lord. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets, says Paul. Let your brothers and sisters help you to discern the leading of the Lord. Allow the Lord to confirm your calling and gifts through the body. Be humble enough to submit yourself and your words to the larger body of Christ. God gives us his Holy Spirit to guide us into the truth of his word. He illuminates our mind to this truth. He leads us in how we are to apply that truth. He guides us into the purpose of God for our lives. He shows us how and where we can are to exercise our gifts and our calling. He enables us to live and do what the Father has called us to do. And as believers, we must learn to hear him and listen to his leading as he opens the truth of God's word to us. We must be sensitive to his convictions. We must submit to his leading and prompting in our lives. If we're going to follow the teaching of scripture and not lean on our own understanding, we must learn then how to lean on the direction and leading of the Spirit of God. We must discern the aroma of the Spirit and respond to that alone. We must like the sheep in the fold recognize the voice of our shepherd above all other voices and respond by following after him. May God give us the grace to hear him and to recognize his voice. May our hearts be filled with thanksgiving for this incredible privilege of knowing and hearing his voice.